1: So, Les, I happen to be, you know, I don't, you know, I've been dealing with, just so people know, I've been dealing with some health issues lately you guys see me go off camera sometimes during the show and when i go off camera i'm normally blowing my nose which is crazy Mm. and like because i become congested and the issue is the more i talk the more congested i get and it's man it's been frustrating it's been happening for like over a month really yeah and they've been trying to figure out what the heck is going on. I'm like, dude, I'm cool. As soon as I start to talk, I get congested. I'm like, man, what is going on? So I've had tests done, ear, throat specialist. They've taken a microphone, like a camera up my nose, down into my throat. Mm. This is actually a cool little test, right? You know, so they had <laughs> me drink, they had me drink some water with blue dye. They had me eat some applesauce, and then they had me eat uh some goldfish to make sure that everything was operating correctly okay the, throat, the most one of the most amazing things to watch is the throat trigger to receive what's coming mm. it is amazing like it has a trigger that it hits to know that liquid or food is on the way It opens up to receive it. And after it clears, it closes. It's one of the most let me tell you something, man. It's it's just some things that I watch. This is me personally, some things that I see that just reaffirms my belief in God. That's it, just it just reaffirms like no one who thinks who creates something like this. Like who, who just does that? It it's it's amazing. It's amazing. So I saw a comment on the message board and someone was asking where I was. All right. And I am still part of Irish Breakdown with the recruiting. But uh, I haven't done a show with Ryan Roberts in a while. And it's been my schedule. Dealing with the health things. Scheduling, you know, having to leave our show, immediately run to the uh, doctor. And... It's, it's it's crazy, bro. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: That's so finally,
1: so finally figuring some things out, trying to get it better, you know, and hopefully the scheduling will get back. Uh we plan to have the RTCF show rolling. Uh, if not this Saturday, the next Saturday with myself and Brian Driscoll, but thank you for those that have been asking about me on IB and the message board. You know, that's what's been going on. But well, we're still locked in right here with the Lucky Lefty Podcast each and every day. And we appreciate you guys so much for how you continue to support us, whether it be via, via YouTube or via the audio edible each and every day on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or CFP Nation. We appreciate you guys.
2: Learn more at Marines.com.
1: So, I had a conversation this weekend left with some young men. That are 24 and 25 recruits. And I said to I said to them, all these kids are from Chicago. Hmm. And I said to them, What's the buzz about Notre Dame? And to a man, they all said, honestly. The buzz is just, the Notre Dame buzz is really just starting. Mm. I said, what? Like, yeah, like last year or two, you really didn't hear anything about no one in the city was really, because all the top guys talk to each other or know each other. and like, nobody was really talking about Notre Dame. And one of these young men happens to be a 24 tackle who is being recruited by Division I uh, programs, And he has a 25 teammate that recently took a visit to Notre Dame in April. And he said, yeah. You know, he came back from the trip, and he was like, yeah, it was all right trip. I wouldn't go there though. And so I'm like, man, what? Why did he say he wouldn't go there? It's just like, man, they really didn't seem like they wanted me. It was just a trip. And this goes back to this is real talk. This goes back to what we talk about with offers, right? An offer can be an offer, and then sometimes an offer can be a placeholder, and sometimes an offer can be something else. Yeah. Right? So here's a young man who is also being recruited by Michigan, who is also being recruited by Georgia, who is also being recruited by a lot of top schools. And he goes to a visit in April to Notre the and he's like, there's nothing special about it. It was all right. And the fact that Notre Dame is just now starting to build up a buzz amongst Chicago athletes. That was a troubling conversation for me this weekend. Really? Now we're gonna get because we're gonna get to Justice Scott. We're gonna get to Justice Scott because this all connects. It's troubling to me. And I'm going to continue to bang this drum. Because if they just don't feel like that's value in Chicago, then fine. That's fine. Let Nick Saban and Kirby Smart come find the value.
2: That's fine. I think that uh, Chicago definitely being a place full of talent, being that close in proximity has got to be a hotbed for us. Um, being in Chicago, it can be attractive to some kids with the talent that they have as a four or five star to look outside the area because of many different reasons. A lot of it is weather. Uh-huh. A lot of it is, is, is the hype around what the SEC may bring or what California has in store or whatever the case may be, but What Marcus Freeman is building and what he needs to solidify is that, yeah, all those places may be attractive, but right down the street is where you can be most productive and have the most success. And it's a more inward focus, I think, of building that success and having guys that come from Chicago have that success. But once we build it as an attraction, like Kings Island in, in in Cincinnati, Ohio, they're gonna come. Kings
1: Island is a great experience. By the way, come. great experience. Went there as a kid. Great, is. Experience, man. great experience. great yes, experience. So is. let's build. Let's build on this conversation. So I went on to say, like, so who's buzzing? Like who's buzzing in Chicago? Mm. They were like, oh, right now, Michigan. Michigan is like the biggest school in Chicago. Like everybody's talking about Michigan. Michigan's in on everybody. Okay, who else? Ohio State, Ohio State. But they said it's different though. They said it's Ohio State because Ohio State has this, this aura of being like the better school. Yeah. Right? A school that puts players into the NFL. They For said big Michigan step. just they say Michigan just works. They said Michigan talks to everybody, they constantly contact everybody. Michigan staff just works, just works, just works. I said, okay. And then they said Illinois. They were like, Illinois is really starting to, you know, form. A nice little relationship with the city and with the players in the area and then they i had a shock a shock a shock. I was like, what oh i'm like what they said
2: old miss ever since laquan treadwell you know lane kiffin's like man i got me a really good receiver up out of chicago i might have to hit that pipeline a couple more times
1: and bro I said, oh, miss, and they started explaining, like the coaching staff or several of the coaches are either from Chicago and have great relationships with the coaches in Chicago, and they went to explain it, I said, okay. But once again, it just went to the fact that Notre Dame is just starting to buzz. It really, I'll say this, this is what I gather. It's not even Notre Dame. It's Marcus Freeman. Mm. The attraction to Notre Dame for Chicago kids is Marcus Freeman. It's really not even Notre Dame.
2: That's, yeah. Because they can't. They still not attach Notre Dame as the perspective of the cool or the hype train like Ohio State. It's just got that aura of, oh, we're the big time, putting guys in the league. You Come with us. We give you an offer. It means a lot yeah. on you next level. Notre Dame was like, we're not getting the credit for putting guys in the league for whatever reason. You know, we put more guys in the league than a Michigan uh, and and, and these schools recruiting these guys. Yeah. On a longer period of time. Yeah. On a longer period of time, not just the last five years, Mm -hmm. Not, not, not just when, they. you know, Ohio State had a legendary coach. We've been doing this for a minute. Yeah. So, Marcus Freeman is definitely that bridge, and I think it was a great move by Jack Swarbrick. More so, a great move not to mess it up and to lose that connection that was the attractive piece of bringing guys in because of your head coach. If you ain't gonna do the NIL, okay, fine. But there's gotta be a reason. <laughs> why kids are like, man, Notre Dame is the place. Beyond it being. The, the the fresh cut grass and, and the brochures with the pretty pictures, and even bigger than the four for forty, yeah. They got to be like, man, I want to wake up every day and play for this guy. And then once Marcus Freeman puts guys in the league, now you're now he's building that Dabo, that Nick Saban, that uh, Urban Meyer, Jim Trussell, Nick uh, Kirby, Smart, or that if I go with this coach. Lincoln Riley, if I go to this coach, I'm getting to the league. Right. I don't is he gonna he gonna put me in position, and if he leaves, I'll probably go with him, A.K. Lincoln Riley, all his players, Deion Sanders, Trey. Uh, number one, think about it, Deion Sanders' impact in college football. Obviously, his personality, but because he's the best corner ever, so you get a, Get a Kormani McLean. You're gonna get a Travis Hunter. Because they like, man, I'm going for Dion. I ain't going for no Colorado snow. Man, I'm going for Dion. I ain't going no Jackson, Mississippi for no HBC. I'm going for Dion. Because if I go with Dion, he the best corner in the world. Ooh. I'm the best corner in the world. If I just listen to him, Carnell Tate is too attractive as a top five receiver. After you just see Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson, and Jigba Smith. All those guys coming down the pipeline and be like, dang, I deserve to be amongst those elite group of guys because I'm five I know if I was in the room and Brian Hartline just churning out top receivers all the time. I'm just going to happen to fall in line. I could just watch the film all day of Terry McLean. I mean, Terry McLaurin.
1: Uh huh.
2: Scary Terry, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. The list goes on and on. Jackson Jigman spit. Look at all the success of guys in the recent future because of Brian Hart. Look at Nia Ivy. She had a Sky, a R-K, John Morant his first year, K-Mac, Olivia Miles, Jules. These are all guards. You think all those guards that are top like that going to Notre Dame because of it's Notre Dame? You think we would have pulled Rike if it wasn't for the Ivy strictly? Mm. No, no. Once Sky started that role, it just kept going and going and going. So Marcus Freeman get that quarterback, just like Wrinkle Riley got his quarterback. It's gonna keep going. Go So it's just a matter of being the right face, which we have mixed with the right ability to get guys to the league, which we will have. And then Marcus Freeman can put his name in the Dabos and the Ryan Days and Urban Myers and Nick Sabans and Kirby Smarts of those. You go to these schools with this coach, the Michigans with Jim Harbaugh. Oh, you're going to be set. Now you just got to finish the job. Now you just got to go and play. Because you're going to get the right attention. You're going to get coached the right way. Now you just got to go win the game. As opposed to going to a Colorado State where it's like, man, I hope I get the right opportunity and the right offense and get coached right. And then I got to do my part. Yeah. Why you think Florida can't stay on top? They can't keep a coach that they can trust.
1: You know what? Read this article because I don't want to talk about it. The Athletic put out a great article this weekend. On the demise of the Florida program, which has shocked everyone in the SEC, like people are like just astounded that they've gone through like four coaches and can't get it right. (laughs) Like you know how much talent is in Florida, and from what I hear, Gainesville is an absolutely beautiful place to go to college. I mean. If you're if you're an athlete. Because I've heard Joe Keen Noah tell stories about when they decided to come back and run it back for a national championship. Oh, see, but that's... See, see. I'm talking from an athletic standpoint, from an athlete standpoint. This, this is pre-NIL.
2: They didn't come back from NIL. They came back
1: because...
2: On that level? Yeah. And then the football team went in, too? Yeah, come on. That's you're not getting that. You get that. You okay? I'll tell you what. You will get what Joe Kimno experienced in the many years when football was winning championships at the same time basketball winning championships back to back. You'll get that anywhere in college football. Anywhere, because the city won't know how to act. I mean, you get one season basketball winning national championship final four. You turn around, and go to fall football winning national championship. You got Tim Tebow. You got Chris Leak, you got uh, uh, everybody you can imagine from a, a superstar level. Then you go right back to basketball. You got a Bradley Bill, you got a, another championship with uh, uh, Chris Brewer. Like, come on, they said it was so crazy. Like, people was in the streets hanging off street lights, and just you couldn't even. It was no. amazing. So when you're winning on all cylinders like that, you're going to have – it's going to be stories that will never be replicated. For us at Notre Dame, we just need to win one. It don't even matter what sport, to be honest. It really don't matter. We win baseball, soccer. It doesn't – we just need to win. And don't let it be football or basketball. Yeah. And if it's both in the same – you would never hear the end of it. It'd probably be the best and worst thing to happen to Notre Dame. Because we're independent and we won a national championship through all the transfers and NILs and, and coaching changes and kids getting crazier and crazier. And we won doing it our way as an independent. With all these merges and TV deals and Man, I don't know. That's why I'm like, I don't know if we should win right now. <laughs> I guess, I don't know because it, it would only get worse if we if we doing this. Because think about it. I'm like, we could probably save more money. More. <laughs> if we win what? it all, we would never give it NIL again if we won in this current time.
1: When you look at it from that standpoint, look, I just <laughs> pointed out I just wanted to point out, and really what drove this is a conversation I saw on the message board. Someone compared Justice Scott's recruitment to Dante Moore's, right? And it was a back and forth. Some people pointed out things you said on this show about Dante Moore's recruitment and how they felt about the CJ Carr stuff. somebody actually questioned your credibility. When (laughs) I can't, I don't know anybody else that's had multiple phone or face-to-face conversations with Dante Moore that covers Notre Dame. I don't. I don't know anybody else, but that's, that's laughable to me. Yeah. But I'll say this. I, I don't think they're similar in any way, shape, or form. I think the one thing that, that stood out to me from that conversation is that the young players in Illinois feel like Michigan is outworking everybody. That's what it comes down to.
2: That's all it comes down to. It's yeah. just
1: outworking everybody. And I point to, once again, the very first conversation I had with Justin Scott in December. Not the first conversation I had with him, period. But the first conversation I had with him in December, his exact words were, Michigan stands out right now. He gave me the reasons, and to me, it seemed like Michigan was the leader at that Mm. point in time. I spoke to the coach at St. Ignatius, and the coach indirectly alluded to certain schools could be doing more. Mm. Now, what's more mean? Come on. Well, in the, in the recruiting world, they could be calling more. They could be checking in more. They could be doing. If, if one school is doing this and you see all the school, other schools kind of chilling, laying back, you feel like, yo, <laughs> this kid is a five star. Why isn't every school going hard? So. It is a situation, man, where I don't know if the proximity of Chicago has made Notre Dame feel like they don't have to go as hard. Maybe they feel like they have time with Chicago kids because of the proximity. But whatever the strategy has been, Hopefully that's been corrected, and hopefully the recruiting buzz will continue to grow and get better with the 25 class and the 26 class. Um, Brian Driscoll, during this same conversation, reiterated that Justin Scott does not have an official visit set up for Notre Dame. Justice Scott does not seem like he is planning an official visit for Notre Dame in the month of June. And yet still, Notre Dame and most people covering recruiting feel like Notre Dame is the clear-cut leader for Justice Scott at this time. Now, Brian Driscoll did say, that that makes him uneasy. Mm. Because he's like, I don't feel, I don't care how far Notre Dame is, how comfortable they are and how out front they are, how much of a lead they have. It's just uneasy that they're not getting an official visit during the month of June.
2: That is interesting.
1: But it goes back to what you said yesterday. At some point with these big time kids notre dame can only do what they can do
2: oh yeah i mean and, the, yeah. and
1: all they can do is go to the limit that's afforded to them and then let let things happen we really like gonna that, happen.
2: we really like the, ma- the mature girlfriend that you know has got our, her i got her ish together you know she's pretty stable minded and, and it's okay with letting go. You know we 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 show you we interested, but you know we we got a dad at home. We know we got love, so we just gonna you know it is what it is. We move on to the next, but we definitely yeah. are not stuck particularly on anybody individually, which uh-huh. is healthy for a program because some programs sell their whole life on a recruit to lose them on signing day or something. Yeah. And now you act up. It shows it shows a different kind of mystique to a team that you know you put all your eggs in and couldn't get it. Well what's that mean on the end on the end back end? I think well, we're playing it right with Justin Scott. It's showing other rec- other teams out there that are recruiting Justin Scott like, look, I know y'all trying to poach, but we're not gonna press Harder if the kid's not feeling it, you know. As
1: I said before, (laughs) Notre Dame does not need to set up official visits for Chicago kids. (laughs) It's not, you know, they're not hopping on a plane. They're not driving 300 miles. It's an hour trip. You can literally wake up and say fall through. Fall through. Fall through. Justin Scott could wake up one morning and say, Coach, I'm going to fall through today. Don't make buzz about it. Coach, I'm just going to fall through today. That's how easy it got to be. That's it. So... (laughs) It is, it's unfortunate, that's what it is. It's unfortunate that a Catholic school kid from Chicago isn't locked up. Yes, as far as Justice Scott, Notre Dame was being outworked at the beginning of the process should they have been should they have been in that position no in my opinion no they shouldn't have but that was the case they were being outworked you know who changed the tide when he showed up at the school marcus freeman which goes which goes directly to what those young men told me this weekend it's not even Notre today Marcus Freeman has changed everything. And, left. I submit to you that that could be fine, good and dandy. You can have the right man at the helm, but eventually it's going to start feeling like 2018 NBA Finals. LeBron's putting up 51 in game one <laughs> and still can't get over the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Because he it's just him. That's what it – on the recruiting trail, it's just Marcus Freeman when it comes to these big
2: guns. That's it. Yeah, like, they not listening to Al Washington. You know, Tommy Reese may have been a little help, but not too much. He's definitely in a position where it's like, I got a Michael jordan these situations. And, I mean, that's just the way it is right now. It's hard to – Hard to see much out of that. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve.
1: And that's just a small picture of recruiting. But I thought it would be interesting to give you a glimpse, not to what the actual players are hearing and what they're seeing about Notre Dame. So like you said, Lev, we got the right guy to lead the charge. That's not a question. They definitely have the right guy to lead the charge. But you cannot get outworked for Chicago kids. You you can't. That's that's easy. That's too easy. You cannot get outworked for Chicago kids. No. You can't. You can't. Heck, if you're Notre Dame, how do you get outworked for five-star kids when you know you don't have the other things?
2: Yeah, when you know you don't have the other things. I think that's a good point.
1: No one should outwork you for a five-star kid if you're Notre Dame. All you have (laughs) is work. We're just going to outwork everybody else we can't talk about NIL. We can't sit up here and say these are the five defensive blimey we put into the NFL in the last two, three years. We can't say that. So what do we have? We're going to work our tails off. That's what we're going to do. We're going to win the mama. We're going to win the daddy. We're going to win the brother, the sister, the grandmama, the dog. We're going to win everybody in the household.
2: The way it's got to be, man. <laughs> and I think, you know, Marcus Freeman is, is figuring that out as time goes on, is that, you know, the work with on top of what the obstacles are, are challenging enough, but it's going to take a Herculean effort to to really get over it, and there's not much you can say for it other than just getting it done.
1: And I'm all for Notre Dame being a program where you have to recruit nationally, because that's the excuse that's been given. Well, we have to recruit nationally. Okay. All right. All right <laughs> If you recruit nationally and you're going out get dudes nationally fine <laughs> But when you are out recruiting dudes And just ignoring because you do know there's only, at this point, there's only one five-star in the 24th class. You do know that, right?
2: Not a great feeling. Guess
1: where that five-star is from, Left.
2: Where, Chicago?
1: Yes. Only one.
2: Only He's from one. Chicago.
1: <laughs> the next one you're trying to recruit, where is he from?
2: Florida. Chicago. Oh, yeah, Justin
1: Scott. Chicago. There's another one. That's top 50. Probably won't end up a five-star, but he's high four-star. More than likely from what I'm hearing, he's probably gonna end up in Michigan or Alabama. Chicago. I'm just I'm saying you can recruit nationally, bro.
2: That's right.
1: But you got dogs right down the road.
2: Right down the road, too.
1: And then in the 25 class, Tyron Turner from Chicago is another top five wide receiver in the nation. Maybe the only, maybe the wide receivers are the only value that's that's seen in Chicago. I I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. That's that's like if Jalen had gone to any other school besides Notre Dame, Notre Dame should have been put on probation as a program. Yeah. Um, how do you let that kid out of Indiana go to any other school? How? Yeah, we
2: let, if we let Jalen not, yeah, we let Jalen get out, then I don't know, man. I think, but I made it a personal thing to get Jalen too. And I'm glad you did. Yeah. I'm glad you did. But I think C.J. Carr, on, a, on a, a lighter note, is working hard like Marcus Freeman on the player side to get his guys. I mean, I'm sure he has a hand in recruiting, one of the best classes, receiver classes that we've ever had. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Especially keeping the class intact when your offense coordinator that promised you to start as a freshman bails on you.
1: That conversation this weekend really messed me up, left. (laughs) It just messed me up, man. It really – not because I expected to hear the teams that I heard, but I didn't expect to hear outworked. Mm. I didn't expect to hear that. No. And so we sit here and we worry about getting five stars Especially on the defensive line, pass rushing quarterback. <laughs> I don't know, Bro. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought we would have a real talk about recruiting, bro. Because that's my tidbit from the information that I I put out and I'm giving right now to Notre Dame fans. Left, from a recruiting standpoint, there's a lot of big-time defensive players in the front line. Or that front four pass rushing defensive tackle that Notre Dame has a chance at coming down the stretch.
2: We're gonna have a chance at all of them. Honestly, it's just how do we, how do we close the deal? Marcus Freeman is a huge uh, deal closer for us. I think that's a huge boost in that department. But we gotta be good on the retention level and on, on, on the traction piece. Maybe we gotta dye Marcus Freeman hair like OBJ or something. Make him a, a, a tad bit you know, more hip. I don't know. But that's our that's our main, that's our lead singer. Marcus Freeman is our lead singer to the band, bringing in all the fans. But we need a nice elite drummer. Somebody that can hit a solo with Marcus Freeman getting a water break or something. Because right now the lead singer can only sing so many songs. But of people want to get up and dance. You know what I'm saying? To some 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 live band. Uh-huh. Or get a hype man. Where where our Flavor flavor at? You know where where Marcus Freeman hype man at? That he can he can go on the road and do and do just the same of bringing the attention. Maybe not close the deal, but keep him entertained, keep him in house, be his warm up act. We got to build the venue a little bit better. And I think we got the main attraction, like we had Kevin Durant. With the Sonics. But we got to take Kevin Durant to OKC. Bigger market, better market, better fan base. Mm. We got to take it up a level. We got our Kevin Durant. Now we need to. We need the other pieces around it to make it go. Lucky
1: lefty podcast, man. <laughs> I have a podcast, Spotify. Oh. CFB Nation, with Irish breakdown. We spin it different. I got Truman Dumel as always. The ultimate Jets fan. Said, what's Sean? What type of impact would it have if the Bulls got windy with the number one pick? Sha town, (laughs) bad dog, No cap. Him and Zach Leading together. Nice. Can I tell you something? I actually had a group chat with my guys this morning. Okay, and I said, "Am I wrong for wanting the Bulls to get the number two pick?" Oh, and get Scoot Henderson? No, I don't want Scoot. I want Brandon Brandon Miller. Oh, and went women by you.
2: How do you say his name? No, no, no.
1: I said I want the number two pick because I know who's going number one. I don't want the number oh, one. Pick, oh, you already right, know? <laughs> yeah, I don't want he, the number one pick. That's right. Just give me the number. I'm not even asking for number one. Just give me number two. Give me number two, huh? Right? Because you know at least you get Scoot or Brandon Miller. And one of my guys was like, man, what's wrong with Scoot? I said, he ain't 6'9 with skills.
2: Yeah, like those first five picks of any draft got to be the freakiest, most unfair, all he needs is just a little accuracy type of players, you know?
1: Absolutely. So – To answer your question, to get the number one pick would change the franchise. It would. I like Wimby. I like like Wimby. I'm not saying I don't like him. I just, you know, I like wing players. I prefer wing players. Wimby is going to need somebody to get him the ball. That's just the way it is. He, He needs a guard. And if you don't have a guard ready for him when he gets here, it's going to impact the way he plays. Mm. Brandon Miller, you can give him the rock and say, "Move the heck out the way."
2: <laughs> that's true. He's a good you ISO could, guy.
1: You can get scoop the ball and say, "Move out the way." So that's I just have, the way I, I
2: choose guys, Though that's all
1: right. So that's just the way I choose to build my team. Just personal preference. That's all.
2: No, that's a that's a good way to think about it though.
1: DJ Armageddon, I'm 46, but I see what my two sons go through in the early 20s. It's different, but still the same. If you have confidence, panties drop, period. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That came from, like, the early conversation, but that's what's up, Armageddon. Michael Johnson, Sean Malik, do you think MF is spending too much time on the offense and not focusing on the defense as much because of the offensive
2: struggles? Well, you're the head coach. You got to fix the fires. And in my opinion, the defense isn't on fire. It's just getting better. Offense, we have structural questions and, and leadership issues that we had to smooth out. But I believe we're on the up and up when it comes to that.
1: He said what I was going to say. Iris burnt ends 84. There are some defensive studs coming out of the shot in the next couple of years. This is unacceptable to be outworked by these schools. Ohio State is the only one that should give us problems.
2: Um, Ohio State, I don't think is going to give us issues. I think we're going to give them issues. Especially when we got beefed up at that safety position, we got coming in. We really gonna give issues in. Um, I think our secondary is matching right now. Provided we stay healthy, any top receiving core that's that's gonna be in college football this year. I don't think that's gonna be uh, an uneven matchup in any circumstance. No matter if it's and we playing um, and we playing the best receiver cores this year outside of that maybe LSU, or I don't even know who's a better receiver core right now than SC and Ohio State. Maybe Washington, but Washington got two guys. I don't know about the rest of their depth. Those two guys are great, but I don't know about the rest of their depth. Other than that, we're playing two of the top three best receiving cores in college football. And I believe that both of those, we're straight. Like, I'll take our guys. Right. Man to man, the whole game. And I think we'll be all right considering all the other factors with the front seven included. I think we can play man against anybody in the country and hold our own.
1: Man, DJ Armageddon kind of <laughs> explains it. He said that sounded crazy out of context like that said Vigo was talking crazy about Justice Scott needing big NIL dollars for them only fans girls out there these days. We need them. Um <laughs> how can I say this without being disrespectful? Justice Scott is very much settled in that girl situation, and uh, she is she's very nice and she's very easy on the eyes. I'll leave it at that. That's right. <laughs> he he has a one already. She lets you know too. <laughs>
2: Sometimes I'm the ones that keep you focused, you know.
1: Yeah, she lets you know, like.
2: Well, that's me there, player, player.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> you got it, man. I ain't tripping, you know. And does it without being vocal? That's that's the dope part of
2: it. Yeah. So you can work with that one.
1: Like I don't need to say nothing.
2: She on her she on her Savannah James.
1: Though. I'm over here to cut, but you know. Yeah, no,
2: no funny. Right? Yeah,
1: because you see you, you see homage being paid to her. That's how you know. Like you see cats walking up, like, hey, what's up? What's up? Yeah. Like,
0: okay. She
1: just little
2: you know Savannah James. Shout out Ohio, Yeah, you know, you know.
1: Yeah. yeah. So no. Nil money for only fans and justice scott is i know it was a, a joke by drunk vigo but
2: we ain't gonna get him in trouble now <laughs> nah he he
1: nah plus catholic school in chicago i doubt very seriously he yeah, has a problem because was it cap you went to a catholic school right bro i did did you all have sister schools?
2: No, I had a, a co-ed Catholic school. I wasn't I wasn't crazy enough to be doing them all boys'
1: Okay, well, it doesn't matter. I think even if it's a co-ed school like St. Ignatius, they still have a sister school in Chicago. And they have all they do all these networking events and stuff like that. finding somebody, that's the last thing. That's the last thing, but sure. no, yeah, that's the last thing. Before we get out of here, left. What is? What are your thoughts on the conference finals, bro? As they get ready to start tonight,
2: man, it would just be great to see LeBron, a mature LeBron, get it done um, in the clutch, man. I, I, I think. Like we said, LeBron's been here, done that plenty of times. Denver hasn't. And so what is that momentum going to look like in the game? And, you know, I'm excited to see a good matchup, I think, in the Eastern Conference Finals. It'll be a good game, but it's it's funny because, no, I don't really enjoy watching Miami play. Like, it's kind of like a boring game to me, but I know it's going to be a good game. So – I don't want to see Jason Tatum play bad into the fourth quarter and do good. I think that'll be a more interesting matchup than the Denver-Lakers series, but I'd much rather watch the Denver-Lakers series more than the Celtics-Miami series.
1: The Lakers series is going to come down to ultimately two things ad being consistent yeah and lebron staying healthy because the longer he goes into the playoffs that foot it is what it is he needs major surgery after the season shooting it up doing whatever he has to to play uh they're gonna need another lonnie walker game the others are going to have to contribute. Yes. For them to beat Denver, um, Denver is deeper. I think the addition of Kentavious Caldwell Pope was huge for them. Yep. I think Michael Porter is just iffy. You know, he one game he'll be on, the next game he'll disappear. That's who he is. That's who he is. But Bruce Brown. Gritty defensive player. Their bench is really solid, especially when they play at home. And Joker is just on one right now. He he just is. He's just yeah, playing he, good basketball right he's
2: now. He's just too good right now. I
1: just concerned. This is the first series where Anthony Davis can get into foul trouble.
2: Yes, yeah,
1: so. all all of the other series he can sit back, block shots, do all of that. He has to defend this. He has to defend this series like. Joker could put him on that box. Easy. To me, this is the first series where he has to stay on the floor. He cannot get into foul trouble. If Anthony Davis gets into foul trouble, it's a problem. I agree with you. That series is far more intriguing, even though I expect a repeat, rematch from the game seven for the seven-game series where Jimmy B- Buckets missed a three-pointer that could have sent it to the finals. He missed it. Boston went to the finals. Had a great series against Golden State, who ultimately won in six.
2: I think it's because Miami don't got enough superstars to be like, man, I can't wait to watch them. I, look,
1: Lef, this is my honest opinion, because I have not been impressed with Boston up until this point. I think when teams make it to the NBA Finals and don't win, there's so much adrenaline to that offseason, and they start with so much fire. And that's why Boston got off to that big lead in the Eastern Conference early in the season because they were fired up. Mm-hmm. And then sometime when you get into the middle of the journey, you just want to get back to where you left, Right. right. And you lose a little focus. You're like, dude, we just want to get back to the finals. Like, <laughs> just get us to the finals. That's that's what we're trying to do. I think being in the Eastern Conference finals is going to weight Boston up a little bit. I expect Boston to play some of their best basketball they played all postseason. I think Miami is going to continue to be scrappy. However, The difference of playing the Knicks, who only have one creator on the floor, which is Jalen Bronson, versus the Celtics, who constantly have three to four people on the floor that can create.
2: Because Al Horford is a man. That's a problem right there.
1: You know, it's just totally different. Jimmy will win two games. Miami will make it tough.
2: But ultimately, Boss is going to win the series. Unless Jason Tatum starts tripping.
1: Well, he's been known to do that. (laughs) He's been known to do that. So, it is what it is. It is what it is. He's been known to do that. But we'll see. We will see. Ultimately, what happens, we will see. Great show today, left Real talk concerning athletes' safety, firearms, recruiting. Things I heard from Chicago recruits this weekend should be interesting.
2: Should be interesting.
1: <laughs> the chat is funny, bro. Marcel, y'all were the number one seed. Miami was the number one seed last year, right? Yes.
2: No, Bucks were, weren't they?
1: No, no. Miami was the number one seed last year. Mm. The Bucks were two. The Boston Celtics were three. The Celtics beat the Bucks, and then they beat Miami. So that was a long time ago. That was LeBron, Miami. No, that wasn't LeBron Miami. Because Boston never beat LeBron Miami, did they? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. They've been able to get away with without Tyler Hero. This is the series from a scoring standpoint they missed Tyler Hero. 100%.
2: Gotta, it can't all come from Jimmy and Kyle Lowry only going to give you like 12.
1: <laughs> you know? Facts. You know what time it is.
2: It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing
1: Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's Petty Historic? (laughs) Petty Junction. Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day brought to you by Adora Whiskey and Premium American Whiskey Adora Did you hear about this story out of Colorado, bro? Mm-hmm. Where a young man, age of 28, was pulled over by Colorado State Police for doing 54 and a 40. And was caught trying to switch seats with his passenger as he was inebriated. You know, that sounds like a story. Like if you know you messed up or you don't have your license on you, you know, you try to switch seats with your passenger. You know, I've heard of that before. Yeah. Not too wild. His passenger was his dog. The officers approached the vehicle and found his dog in the driver's seat. This idiot tried to this idiot tried to pass his dog off as the driver of the car. Of course he was arrested for driving under the influence,
2: arrested for stupidity. <laughs> just just stupid.
1: It gets worse left. Because the owner of the vehicle along with another passenger were both in the back seat. Oh my God. So the two people in the back seat didn't tell this idiot, dog, what are you doing? So they this let is it not happen. about to work.
2: <laughs> Wait a minute. They let they watched this man do this. Well, he deserved to go to jail. They must not be friends with him for real. I don't, you let your friend do that stupid stuff. Love, no, bro.
1: Man, I, dude, I could wait to put this fool on the petty trade. Fool, <laughs> man, just a fool. Oh, man. James Harden, if you are the one that indeed got Duck Rivers fired, it's a lot of players that can walk in and say, man, let this coach go. James Harden is not one.
2: Damn, James.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's it, bro. Yo. This story, that story out of Colorado is. Yeah, you lick.
2: Everybody in the car should be arrested for just stupid. I've never been in that situation, though. They all had to be drunk if they all let it happen. That's about as bad as, uh, oh, Petty Train, Kwame Brown, going over John Morant, calling NBA dumb boy. Crazy. We got Stetson Bennett in college for six years, not graduating. No, wait together. a minute.
1: Is that a true story? I saw you post that. Is that, that true? That.
2: Yeah, it's true. That's what they said. Now, obviously, I don't even know how you in. End- college that long not graduating but you know maybe he gets his GED after he retires
1: wait a minute man
2: (laughs) that's the word on the street you know
1: okay wait a minute wait a minute are you kidding me? So, this is via Sports Illustrated. University of Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett did graduate after leading his team to back to back national championships. <laughs> See? Bennett started college in 2017, and now that it's 2023, he's exited the years for college sports eligibility as he prepares to make an impact in the pros. After it was released that he indeed had not graduated from UGA after six years of college, he incurred some online trolling on social media. You know who went at him?
2: Cardell Jones. Of course, he should have. What the hell? He suffered
1: at the hands of lots of college football fans when he did not graduate. He eventually went back and got his degree after leading Ohio State to a national championship. Wow. Ghetto. (laughs) My man was in college for six years and didn't graduate.
2: How was he eligible, bro? Yeah, because you got to be a grad transfer or a grad to have six. No, I guess you don't. You can keep spanning it out because he ain't paying for his tuition. So I guess... If he can keep finding ways to pay for it, it is what it is. That's wow. that's really did
1: drives away from college?
2: After that first championship, he probably was like, "I don't, I don't need a degree. I got a championship ring in the state of Georgia. That is his. That is his certificate. A
0: championship." Hey.
1: My quarterback just graduated two weeks ago. I'm good. Who? Justin Fields. He got his degree.
2: said he went back and got his on. Huh? He
1: got his. Considering he only spent two years at Ohio State. Yeah. That's your boy, Stetson Bennett. <laughs> I gotta do some research on this. There's no way he should have been eligible six years at the school and my man still hasn't graduated i mean you can walk even if you have to get more credits he would even walk man look great show we got to get out of here have a great tuesday but most of all make sure that you spit it different